and welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of Shadynasty League, the only league that counts. I'm your host, Dan Belinke, joined as always by my dear friend and co-host, Devin Rambo. Devin, why don't you give a little shout out to everybody listening at home? Hello, everyone. Thank you, Devin. Well, I am so happy to be back with all of you today and to be talking about all things Shadynasty Dynasty and NFL. There's a lot I want to get into. I want to talk about um, the Browns continuing to suck and um, just a big disappointment over there. I want to talk about the Steelers hanging on, fighting, maybe not for the division, but certainly for a wild card spot on a backup quarterback. And I want to talk about the Patriots being defeated by my boy, Lamar Jackson, who's really making a case for me to not hate the Ravens so much, but ugh. Oh, he conflicts me. So before I begin, I guess what I want to start Incoming with transmission. is... Incoming transmission. Incoming transmission. Computer. Incoming computer. transmission. Stop it. Incoming transmission. Okay, Incoming computer, transmission. just play Incoming the fucking message. Devin, can you Incoming turn this thing transmission. off? Incoming transmission. Oh, God. Okay, play the freaking message. What the hell is this? Oh, really poor audio quality for one thing, but... Alright, cut the music, cut the music. That's enough of that. That's enough of that. Listen here, Shad Dynasty members. This is the truth. The only real audio that matters. I'm not going to waste your time with some watered-down analysis of the NFL, because I know you don't give a shit about that. Here on The Truth, we only talk about relevant topics, unlike Drew's team. Now I could sit here and assault all of your inferior teams, but the truth is, they don't matter. At this point, it's a two-horse race. Now, unfortunately, I needed a bit of technical assistance, so I had to bring on a co-host. Here with me is Nate Higgins. Nate, why don't you say hello to everyone? Hey, guys. All right, back to me now. That was plenty. I must say, I'm pretty disappointed. I knew that I had one of the best rosters coming into the season, but I didn't know it was going to be this easy. Currently, top of the standings, and I can't say I feel any pressure right now. I look at a roster like... A Bortle baby that screams, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Seriously, folks, it's been a revolving door at running back for Dan. He sits up there in Cleveland in Liz's nice, cozy apartment, and as he drinks his seasonal domestics, sobbing over the departures of Tevin Coleman and Miles Sanders and Aaron Jones, I'm kicking my feet up, sipping on a tall glass of Carlo Rossi, thinking next week, I do it. Next week... I single-handedly sink the ship on the commissioner's playoff dreams. Ah, yes. I give it to the 4 o'clock games before I receive some passive-aggressive text saying, Congratulations, man. Fuck the pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could suck me off later. All right, shit dynasty pussies. I'm done wasting my time giving you knowledge you can't even understand. Fuck off. And remember, this is the truth. What in the good goddamn hell? What kind of pirate radio fucking college radio station production level bullshit was that? The truth? Lies. Pure, unadulterated lies. I can't believe that. That is bullshit. I I object to just so much of it. I don't even know where to begin. I'm completely flustered. Watered down. Watered down analysis. Look, last week I told you why the eight no Niners were good and the two and six Browns were bad. How is that watered down? That's complex. Okay, that's complex. Watered down. And what? First of all, what a jerk. 
What a jerk interrupting my airwaves. This is my show. Interrupting my airwaves with that polluted filth, that garbage heap of lies, okay? Carlo Rossi, you think you're going to beat me and then sip on a tall glass of Carlo Rossi? Yeah, well, guess what, buddy? You're going to be sipping on a tall glass of my fist after Sunday night. (laughs) Oh, yeah, just you fucking wait. What a scumbag, Devin. And could you believe how he treats his co-host? Who, by the way, if his co-host is also the producer, um, Devin, maybe you could give him a little tips on audio quality, but... How he treats him is just ridiculous. Devin, do you, do you have anything to say about the matter? Hello, everyone. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I agree. Well, look, I, I don't like to just think of this league as a league, and it's not just a brotherhood, it's a nation. We are Shad Dynasty strong, and I love seeing the patriotism and the nationalism pump through the blood in your veins. You know, you, you fair people, you fair listeners, you are the citizens of Shad Dynasty League. And if you are the citizens, then I am the dictator. And Scoop FM is my brazen arm of propaganda, and we will not tolerate pirate radio, pure lies coming from who knows what gutter to, to infest and pollute this beautiful production. Thank you. Enough of that. I'm sick in my balls after listening to that, so I won't give you any more watered-down football takes, okay? Though I have a plenty. Instead, how about on this college football Saturday, I'm going to give you a little college football tip. Now, you're not going to hear this before the game begins, so it's going to be too late, but there are two teams I like a lot on the points for these early games. Number one, Minnesota. Big P.J. Fleck guy, glad to see that he's making the program somewhat relevant, and if they could win the Big Ten West, (laughs) hats off to them. That's awesome. Um, I like taking the points with them against Penn State. You know, conference matchup, some of these things could be a little close. Penn State might be feeling a little big for their britches since they were ranked uh, four, putting them in the college playoffs. I like the points. I think it's six or seven points. That's good value. Similarly, I like LSU on the points. All the same reasons. Um, I think LSU's got something to prove. Uh, two, his health is really in question. I know they stay, uh, I think it sounds like LSU is prepared for him to start. I still at this time don't know if that's going to be the case, regardless um, with quarterback being a little bit questionable. I like the points there. I'm not brave enough to say either of those will win, but I like the points. You parlay those two, you get plus 250 odds. That's my picks for this college football Saturday. And with all that said and done, let's get into Shad Dynasty League, okay? Shad Dynasty members, not Shad Dynasty pussies, as Mac called you. You know? And you know what? That's it. Officially, Matt. We've been we've been buzzing. I, I'm sorry, Devin. I can't go on to the next topic. I'm still thinking about it, Matt. We've been buzzing around this topic for a while, and I, it's been implied. Everybody knows it, so I'm officially declaring it right here now on these airwaves, Matt. Your dynasty is a nation, and you are the state's number one enemy. And this week, for the good of the state, can you hear the sirens in the background? I will be taking you down, burying you in a shallow grave until the floods rain down and your bloated body bubbles to the surface and the crows pick at whatever's left of you while your soul marinates in a sweet fire of hell. Okay, so let's talk trades. Oop, there were none. Let's skip that then. Let's go right 
over to waiver wire action, or as I like to call it, the waiver wire whiff watch, because we just can't stop whiffing on all these guys. Our waiver wire is exceedingly thin. There are some some little nuggets and morsels of opportunity out there if only you can find them. The problem is most of us seem convinced of our our own beliefs of who we think is going to be viable. So we assume that the other members are thinking similarly. Turns out they're not. They're not even considering them because we're throwing down cash and we're just completely whiffing. This is a uh, this is a very tepid economy. Anyways, Bob whiffs $23 on Josh Reynolds off the news that Brandon Cooks has another concussion. I think this might be Brandon Cooks' like sixth concussion. I don't know if like doctors are going to let him play football again. That is not healthy um, at all. I got the cold Steve for $8, beating Matt out at 2 and Eric at 2. Definitely overpaid a bit, but I needed a big defensive performance this week against Matt. Uh, my options I wasn't in love with. And I kept it away from his slippery, slimy hands uh, in our matchup. So, yeah, I like that. Bill with $5 on the Bears D, who by the numbers has not been great this year. But I feel, well, I don't feel, everybody knows this. The Bears defense at its core, the players um, that they have built in that and their skill levels are obviously much better than they're performing now. It's just like the Broncos have been over the past couple years. They get drafted in seasonal leagues decently high off the name recognition and value. But the truth is... If your offense is only staying on the field like 20 minutes a game, your defense is going to get gassed completely, and they can't do it all. So teams are going to eventually score on them, and um, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. But I don't know. Bill is maybe banking on name value. I think there's good value in there for whoever dropped them. I'm not sure. Devin whiffed $4 on Justice Hill. My guy that I drafted, I had to clear out some room on the bench for someone else, so I dropped him, and Devin was all over that. Now... Interesting that he picks him up after dropping Alexander Madison. I wonder if there's a little buyer's remorse where he's trying to get into a uh, a rookie who is yet to break out so far. And maybe he thinks this could be his new Gus Edwards, a guy that he just keeps banking on and picking up and dropping continuously. I don't know. I would $4 on Trey Edmonds because I decided if I can't have James Conner, I'm going to have everybody who's ever <laughs> run for the Pittsburgh Steelers over the past two years. I traded for Le'Veon Bell. I picked up Benny Snell. I picked up, well, I uh, traded for Jalen Samuels in the offseason at the draft. And I just picked up Trey Edmonds and no one cares. The Bill with $3 on the Jags defense. Again, similar to the Bears defense, but the question is Jalen Ramsey. Are they going to stay relevant with that? They've got a great D-line. Josh Allen is having a quietly great year. Um, great pick for them. Okay, let's go right into the matchup roundup. And let's start with a game that I have been anticipating for so long. I cannot wait for this moment. I'm just reveling in it, and I'm so happy to announce here and now on Scoop FM Radio that... Drew's team, I don't know what it's even called, Drew Magoo something, previously 0-8, winless, bottom of the league, new team, expansion team, has finally won a game. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
All right, enough of that. But yes, Drew won. It's a glorious day. We can all celebrate his achievements and Devin's tribulations. Okay, Drew versus Devin. Devin was a 12-point favorite, and Drew won 140.2 to 107.5. Jimmy D, Jimmy D, (laughs) Jimmy Dean, he's not starting a goddamn sausage sandwich. Put some respect on his name. It's Jimmy G. Jimmy Handsome, Jimmy Garoppolo, dates porn stars in the in the Bay. You know how he does. He had to do it all himself Thursday night football. Running game couldn't get going. So he had to prove that he could do it, and he done did it with his new buddy Manny Sanders. Hey, Jimmy, Emmanuel, like you two to meet each other. Oh, no big deal. Just go score three touchdowns. Uh. So sick, sick results for Drew. And, you know, else on Drew's side, James White. Adrian Peterson, they're alive. Yeah, I remember those guys. Those guys were good, so they're they're back. And just imagine if DeAndre Hopkins and Odell could return to form. Well, if DeAndre could return to form and Odell could get traded to a uh, capable passing team, you know, like, I don't know, um, the 2017 New York Giants with Eli Manning, uh, th- just imagine if they could be those guys again. Drew might actually have something going here. Um, on Devin's side... As as Melvin Gordon's flower blooms for Drew, the Austin Eckler wilts, petals falling to the ground. An odd analogy for a running back, but just roll with me here. Devin's got nobody to start at running back. Last week, he started Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler as his number one and two. Ouch. With James Conner out, things are getting very stressed. Um... And I don't think he really has anyone to start next week. So, um, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. Minshew Mania has officially, Minshew Mania, I cannot fucking speak today. Maybe it's because of all that molly I got rubbed on my gums. Um, Minshew Mania has officially cooled off. He's seeing the bench. Um, Devin only made it even a decent game because of DK Metcalf, which, as of now, probably the best I hate to say because I was not a DK Metcalf guy, but when you're tied to Russell Wilson, it's hard not to impress. Okay, probably the best wide receiver uh, rookie pickup in the league. I'm sorry, I'm choking up. It's really hard for me to admit that. Um, Terry would be number two, but since Haskins has been in and the Redskins are just a complete mess, he's starting to cool off. DK's the only guy that's been consistent. Um like Marquise Brown and AJ Brown have certainly shown flashes and maybe they're more important to their I think Marquise Brown you can make the argument at least is more important to his NFL team than DK Metcalf is to the Seahawks as a whole but fantasy wise it's DK by a long shot I traded out of that spot um no regrets Devin really liked him and he got him um but the real thing is that Devin didn't have the Pats D to bail him out this time okay they didn't put up another 30 bomb and win him it so that's great I'm so happy for Drew, and I've got nothing else to say. So let's go on to my matchup, what I want to talk about, me versus Dave. I was a 40.3 favorite, and I won 152.8 to 107.4. You know, it's about time I caught a fucking break. Dave was on bipocalypse and injury apocalypse. I mean, you know, this is probably the last week that we'll have Dave as battered as he was and on the ropes. I mean, he was quarterbackless. He was starting in Matt Moore for, for Mahomes. Um, 
didn't have anyone else to play with Matt Ryan out. I don't know why he didn't pick up Matt Schauber. They were on by. Um, started a flex in his super flex, and his team is just an absolute wasteland. If you look at all of his flex players, basically without those quarterbacks, which kept him afloat all of last year, kept him at the top of the rankings, but what did that do for you in the playoffs? And now his only good flex players, really guys that are producing, at least last week, are his first-round picks in Jacobs and Montgomery. So they were good picks for his team, but yeah, not enough. And there was no way for him to win, um, but that Carlos Hyde, that was insane, that morning game. I didn't even watch it. So Carlos Hyde breaks off an 80-yard touchdown. That should have been 14 points for Dave. Okay, not enough to beat me, but enough to make me sweat early in the morning. He fumbles it at the goal line. So instead of 14 points, he gets negative two. How often do you see a 16-point swing in fantasy? That is crazy. What a jag-off. Um, Dave really had no way to win this. His bench put up 1.3 between all the buys and injuries, and that that is the definition of dire straits. On my side of the field, uh, Stafford and Lamar Jackson, both top five quarterbacks this week, both top six or seven quarterbacks in the league this year. Who thought that coming into preseason? And I just want to address all the fantasy analysts who I fucking hate. I hate every goddamn fucking fantasy analyst because they don't have the balls to say when they don't like someone. Except from the start, I don't like DK Metcalf. Now he's going off, and I still attest to it. I don't like him that much, and I'm I'm taking the L, but I'm saying it's more Russell Wilson than it is DK. Okay, but for real. None of these guys ever say they hate anyone unless they're like, I hate Lamar Miller. It's like, yeah, everybody fucking hates Lamar Miller. That's not a hot take. Come out and say that Aaron Jones is not good. Do something brave for once instead of just saying, oh, yeah, free Aaron Jones, free everybody. Everybody's good. I like everybody. Yeah, this guy's okay. He could get an opportunity. All these fuckers going, all these fantasy guys going, oh, Lamar Jackson, I thought he was a running back. I thought he was a receiver. Oh, I thought you shouldn't draft him in least. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, you pussies, none of you, none of you had him ranked as a top five quarterback. None of you. I've went through your rankings. You all had him like 10 through 15. So fuck off. You didn't know either. You did not expect this. Now, you want to know real commitment? You want to know real commitment? Draft him as a top five quarterback in a dynasty startup last year, like this dude behind this microphone did. That's fucking commitment to a take, goddammit. Fuck Matthew Barry. This is officially an anti-Matthew Barry and Field Yates and Mike Clay and fucking all those ESPN fucks, but all the other ones are bad too. Anyways, Kenny G and Lockett are just on the receiving on the receiving side. They're completely outshining my growing disappointment in Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is like my son, who I loved so dearly, and I thought I raised him and nurtured him, um, and then he became a heroin addict. So I shipped him to rehab. We didn't speak for a while. He came back to the house, and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe this can work again. Maybe we can live. Our family can move on, heal these wounds, and live a normal life. And then I wake up in the middle of the night. He's in a hoodie. He's stealing money out of my wallet. He's like, oh, I just, I was going out to get a burger. And he's fucking itching his veins. So, yeah, Le'Veon Bell is a complete uh, tire track vein arm of the sun of my life. Another odd analogy. This Molly is really doing something. Anyways, let's go on to Bob and Eric. Bob was a 14.3 favorite, and he lost by 6.1. Eric, Eric, staying up 
putting in the homework, watching to the very last minute of an otherwise kind of boring uh, NFC East showdown, Cowboys versus Giants, except for that cat. Very cute. Um, one of the last plays of the game, Danny Dimes, hero, going to win this game, drops back, throws the ball, pick six. <laughs> like 87-yard return pick six. And with that, Eric won. How exciting. I just imagine that Bob took his <laughs> Bob somewhere out in the third quarter, looked at Dave and said, you know what, Davey, I'm kind of tired. I think I'm tuckered out. I'm going to go to bed. He walked into his room with their Burt and Ernie bed setups, you know, those twin beds that are right next to each other, separated by a lamp uh, lampshade on the nightstand, and, you know, put on his sleeping uh, cap and blew out the candle, put his little bed, little head to rest in his bed, and uh, went fast asleep, thinking he had a W. Woke up to a nightmare. Anyways, yeah, I mean, Bob, it was close. It was really that swing. Um, Saquon and Dalvin Cook kind of had a little bit of muted weeks from what you would expect from them, and uh, Thielen went out early. So that's going to hurt. That's going to continue to hurt Bob because he's probably one of his best receivers. Um, Eric's team is still living off that Dak and Amari stack. We made fun of Devin's top two running backs earlier, but Eric with Nick Chubb, and Royce Freeman as your running backs. Ugh. Royce Freeman's actually been okay this year in a bit of a timeshare. But that first game with Brandon Allen, they hardly used him. Hardly. It was back to Philip Lindsay, um, which makes sense. I think there's a, you know, you have a young quarterback in experience. It's great to have a uh, safety valve like Philip Lindsay you can dump it off to if you're ever in trouble. And Nick Chubb um, is just, he's his play caller is fucking incompetent and his coach and his team is incompetent so his offense is a jumbled mess even though I still attest I think that he is he has become one of the top five running backs in the league if we were gonna redo the whole league over and you know you had to draft players for actual NFL teams I think he's still a top five running back off the board um Bob could have won this one if he had played Dallas Goddard over Jimmy Graham, and he had played Baker over Brady. I told you, Bob, you got to have faith in your quarterback. You got to play Baker at every stop. It just doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to look into this. I think every time Bob has lost a close game, he's played the wrong quarterback. Um, okay, let's go to Bill versus Nick. Uh, I'm going to call this the snore of the week. Two guys and low in the rankings. Not super interesting. Nick was a 3.6 favorite, but Bill won 129.4 to 109.1. Hello, Devin Singletary. Welcome to the league. I loved that pick uh, at the very end of the first round that Bill did. Um, shit, I wish that he would have dropped a little further. Uh, I don't know if he's going to put up those kind of performances every week, but it was pretty nice. Pretty nice start. Uh, pretty nice introduction. Bill didn't even start a kicker, and you know I thought maybe that was strategic. No, it was complete negligence. He left Matt Gay just on his bench. Um, so his defense kicker and head coach combined to negative one compared to Nick's 18. But still, Devin Singletary and then Tyreek Hill getting it done with Matt Moore. Good for my other teams where I am heavily invested in Tyreek in seasonal. Um, he also won the quarterback. Uh, the quarter, <laughs> I said quarter bad, and that was a Freudian slip. I meant quarterback matchup. Um, just <laughs> I'm like kind of imagining in our league, you know, it's easy to in a seasonal league to be like, oh, I'm head to head with my quarterback against his quarterback, you know, because that's like an NFL game. But I'm just kind of imagining like WWE tag teams <laughs> of, with our two quarterbacks, like Bill's team. And this has to be the ugliest matchup of all time. It's like Saturday night at Cavelli Center tag till match tag team matchup. Ryan Tannehill and Derek Carr versus Carson Wentz and Kyle Allen. <laughs> 
I'd rather watch the WNBA. That sounds terrible. Nick had no way to win this one, but he left Ridley in when he was on by. He could have played Ronald Jones and uh, got that point total up, but just again, complete negligence from the bottom of the league. Seems like they're all just hibernating for winter, waiting for that uh, that uh, mini tournament between them for top picks. So we'll see who wins that one. Now to the match of the week, Matt versus Nate. Matt was a 2.9 favorite, but Nate and goodness prevailed. Nate won 156.9 to 139.3. Bad guys always finish last. Oh, Matt started off hot with Manny Sanders and his new best friend and, and George Kittle. And he even had Christian McCaffrey doing ungodly things to his point totals. Um, but Nate fought back. He really did. Jameis, Russell Wilson, and Mike Evans all in the same matchup, just going for complete glory. That went absolutely nutty. And Jordan Howard swapped right out of Matt's team um, on an eights, and it secured him a win. Otherwise, I mean, that's enough of a swing for Matt to have won this one. Um, but really, the thing that hurt him the most is Jacoby going down. That really hurt Matt. Um, but even playing Danny Jones wouldn't have saved him. And other than that, all of his quarterbacks were either on bye or benched. Uh, so he had no way to win. Okay, so, oh, let's, ah, completely skipped over it. Let's talk about the award of the week. So the award of the week was the Big D Award to whoever had the biggest defensive performance um, that they started. So I left my Big D on the bench. That was the Steelers. I, I mean, I between them and the Jets, oh, God, I wish Capelli was in this league so badly so we could talk about the Jets losing to the Dolphins. I expected that defense to have a pretty solid game, and I wasn't sure how the Steelers game was going to go against the Colts, but, you know, who could have predicted Jacoby Brissett would have gone out that Minka Fitzpatrick touchdown? Minka wasn't worth it. You guys are stupid. He's not worth it. Yeah, guess what? That pick right now is number 15, okay? And Minka Fitzpatrick was, what, the 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 number five or the number eight pick when he was drafted? So, I mean, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're getting... You're moving up the draft board, and you're getting the player today, and the pick is tomorrow. It just makes so much sense, and we were saying this from the beginning, and now people are fucking seeing it. I don't care if that's the last thing he does all season. It was worth it to get that win to keep the Steelers in the mix. Okay, so I left them on the bench getting 19, so I didn't win that one. But you know who did? On that fucking swing that won him the game just to add a little sweetness to his victory. The cherry on top of his Sunday. It's Eric with the Cowboys D at 19 points. I asked Eric if he would like to share a comment uh, after, you know, a great win. And then also winning the Big D award. And this is what he had to say. You know, I don't mind it. So I got a big dick. What? BDB. Big dick boy. Ugh. Smoke chronic. Big dick. What voice is that? BDB. Smoke weed. E weed. This might have been a mistake. All right, thanks, Eric. So, without further ado, let's wrap this thing up. Let's talk about the standings. Okay, so in first place is Nate at 7-2. and two. He is the only team at 7-2, and two, which means, you know, he could afford to lose this week and still be at the top. Uh, st- he could still be in the mix, depending on how things shake out. Um, he's up one spot since last week, and he has the seventh most points scored. He's getting pretty lucky, but he's blessed because last year, realistically, um, you know, championship, there's a little bit of a controversy with a late trade. So his team has been blessed. Billy and I have been cursed, and that's okay. That is that is karmic justice, and I'm fine with it. Eric is now in second place with six and three. Up two slots. He's got the third most points. If only this guy could get out of his own way, I think he could continue to hold a bye week spot. 
if he could, but I don't think he will. I don't think that bye week slot is going to last. It's my official prediction. Matt is in third place, six and three, down two spots from last week with the six most points. I don't know. He's going to be fine, I think. I think he'll make the playoffs, but if he can lose this week, this upcoming week, to yours truly, which he previewed in Lies FM, um, that'll do great things to keep him in a playoff spot. Otherwise, it might be a continuous slide because I am in fourth place now at five and four, up two slots with the first most points. I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it. I knew I could have the most points. I just didn't know if I could have the luck. All right? And I might not still have the luck, but I'll keep trying, God damn it. So I'm putting up points. I just need a couple of breaks. Um, now in fifth place is Devin at five and four, down two slots, but he's got the second most points scored. Now, a lot of that came off Austin Eckler who has precipitously cooled down, Um, he's starting to drop. And and before we question, what's Devin's strategy here? He's kind of at the top, but he's trading away assets. What's he doing? It was a bold move, but I don't think he really could. He didn't think that he could swing with the big boys, so he decided time to start accumulating capital. And a lot of other GMs are wondering if Tankapalooza is in full effect for Devin's squad. Dave is in sixth place, holding on to the last playoff spot, a, a big fall from being at top of the rankings a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's at five and four as well. He's down one slot from last week with the fifth most points. He's hoping to make a late season push. We've disrespected him a lot. We've said he's blown it, but really, I mean, Matt Ryan and Patrick Mahomes were hurt, and now they're back. So he's hoping that he can push himself right up there again. Uh, Billy is in seventh place at four and five. Uh, he's up two slots since last week. He's got the ninth most points, so it's really off of that victory and the fact that Bob and Nick both lost. Um, he's right outside the playoffs. I don't know if he'll continue to be there, but he's certainly incentivized to make a push right now because he does not have of his pick that is going straight to Devin. Um, Bob is an eighth at three and six. He's down one slot, fourth most points. He really needed to win this week, and he couldn't do it. And Eric oh, just screwed screwed him on that last drive. Um, you know, it's really going to come down to this week. If Bob cannot do it over the course of the next couple days and get a win, it might be a lost season for him. And he's handing over that pick right to Drew. Um, and Drewby would love that. Two high picks, his own and Bob's. Uh, Nick is in ninth place at three and six. He's down one slot. He's got the eighth most points. Drew is at 10th place, last spot in the league. But guess what? He's got a motherfucking win, damn it. Finally got a win. Tenth most points. Okay, so what do we have to look forward to next week? Let's see. Oh, next week is our Bye Bye Bitch Award. That's awarded to the most bye week players on the roster. And you know what? We could do a double award so we don't have to worry about this next week. We could give this out right now so I could just go frickin' count, which I'll do if you give me one second. And we're back, and the results are in. And the Bye Bye Bitch, was that what it was called? Bye Bye Bitch? Yeah, Bye Bye Bitch Award goes to Drew with nine players on by. Nine players, hard to imagine. He's got Adrian Peterson, Case Keenum, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Thompson, Duke Johnson, James White, Dwayne Haskins, Noah Fant, and Muhammad Sanu on by. Not as hard when you have four players on the Redskins. Um, Also close... 
was Nate. He's got eight. Now, if you look on his team, it will say Andrew Luck's on a bye week, but same for Antonio Brown or Jay Ajayi, guys that don't have a home. They're on perpetual bye week. So in that tiebreaker, I'm going to give it to Drew. Drew, see, your ROI on this league isn't so bad. Maybe you gave up 60 bucks, but I think you've won this thing twice. You made 10 of your bucks back. That's more than you're going to get in another league, potentially. And I have no one on bye. That should be an award in itself because the most teams of any week or on by this week. That's why I made it the Bye Bye Bitch Award. Now, on to the match of the week. The one thing that we pride ourselves here on Scoop FM is we do not give in to the demands of terrorists. So Matt was just goading me, saying, oh yeah, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to sink his ship. Uh Battleship. I'm going to sink his ship. Uh, uh, Yeah. First of all, I'm not a ship. I'm a fucking rocket. I'm going straight to the moon. And then when I'm on the moon, I'm going to throw a rock down on your head and then piss on your head. Um, So no, you're not sinking anything. And you would just love for me to make this the match of the week. I bet you would. But guess what? Here's the problem of making us the match of the week. If, say everybody's points stay the same. If If you lose this, okay, if you lose this, then we would need Devin and Dave to win for you to be in sixth place. You're not going to be out of the playoffs either way, and you could still be atop this thing. Now say, I lose this at 5-5, five and five, we would need Dave, Devin, and Bill to win, and then I would still have Bill beat on points, so I'd still be in the playoffs. So this one isn't actually as interesting. And even though I just went to him last week, it's not mo- so much about him, but it's about the guy across the field. I'm going match of the week, Nate versus Bob. Why is that? Because if Nate loses this one, he goes to seven and three. Now we got Eric and Matt both at six and three. If either one can get a win, or both, they're gonna push him out of a bye. If one of them gets a win, he's gonna be in the lower bye. But he loses that one game lead he has ahead of everybody. So this is a semi-important game just for his seeding, really. Um, but for Bob, if Bob cannot win this week, I think the playoffs are a little out of the question. I mean, he's already two games behind sixth place. If he's if he's three games behind sixth place, you know, or if, you know, me, Devin, and Dave all win, then he would be four games behind seventh. I mean, it's it, this is it. It's do or die time. So, Nate, Bob, you two are the match of the week. We don't reward terrorism on this network okay that's enough of the talk kind of a shorter week but that's okay i needed one of these really badly honestly you know it was a shorty but a goodie and so i'm gonna go watch some college football go tigers (laughs) um yeah oh and big news we are going to have a very very special episode next week i'm gonna be doing a new cool interesting thing just a little teaser so if you're getting a little bit of a hungover, you're getting a little tired of the talk, I think it's the format's a little played out or watered down, well, just wait, because we got big surprises coming. So, until California falls into the sea and the ozone completely evaporates, if I already said that, and then the sun kills us all, whatever, until everybody dies. Goodbye. Goodbye.